Align with the Massage Business Mama comes to you with a combined 22 plus years experience in the massage biz as entrepreneurs, providing actionable tips and resources you can implement today. Becca, an off-grid living, quirky, trail-running massage therapist, esthetician, and yogi, offers her business and wellness perspective to you with highly caffeine-fueled, compassionate wit. Allie, your hard-working, driven, creative mom, massage therapist, business owner, lover of friend gatherings, all-time annual family talent show winner, brings her drive and business savvy to every episode. Hi guys, Becca and Allie here. Uh, firstly, we'd just like to say thanks for listening. We're so grateful that you're here. Today's topic is one that I've struggled with. Firstly, I just struggle with the name. Allie, do you say yes. niche or niche? How does this... What do you- I think it's so funny. It's such a funny word. It is a but funny I, word. definitely on the niche train. I I am I as well am on the niche train and I never understood the difference between niche and niche when people would say niche I just didn't I guess I didn't get it I didn't grow up with that word it sounds like, uh, it sounds like a corner in your kitchen it does yes that's what I think of <laughs> that's what I think of if you're a niche person please let us know if you're a niche person explain why <laughs> Today, we're talking about niching your practice, and this can be an area that just creates a lot of tension. Come up like, um, are you stuck with this niche that you've chosen forever? Is this important for your massage practice, for one? And how do you find a niche? So, Allie, I really do struggle with this one. So I'm going to just pass the talking baton over to you, and maybe you can get us started. Yeah, sure. So when I first began my practice, I definitely did not niche. I wanted to take every client who walked through my door, regardless of whether or not I was the right fit for them. I didn't want to turn a single soul away from from my business every time the phone rang I was so excited and yeah I mean you know it worked for a while I I was building a practice person by person it was I wasn't spending a lot of money on advertising and it was a slow process anyone who called it was like I can I can figure that out and like I said it worked for a while but then eventually I started to hone my skills And once I started to hone my skills, it became more clear to me the type of people that I enjoy working with. And what I realized was that I really enjoy working with pregnant moms. It's interesting because when I was in school, I feel like I kept as wide a girth as possible from this population. (laughs) I thought that I primarily wanted to work on athletes. But once I was out in the field, it just became really clear that prenatal massage was kind of my jam. So... I realized that after kind of having that experience of taking anyone I could and then honing in a little bit that there are some benefits really to niching. And one of those benefits is that it helps you focus your marketing efforts. So when you can focus those efforts, it it just really helps things become more concise and effective and efficient. And 
you know, you, you can just be more conscious about how you're putting yourself out there. If you want to work with the elderly, you can go to assisted care facilities. If you want to work with moms with young children, you can go to play groups and talk to, talk to moms there, put flyers up there. And you just don't have to spread yourself so thin seeking out every marketing opportunity. You know, you can just really find the ones that fit your niche. Well, and that can cost um, a lot of money too when you're putting out marketing for this, like with this broad net, where where do you put it, right? Everywhere? That's not financially right. smart. And, and especially when you're building a practice and you don't have a lot of dollars to spend on on that type of thing. Yeah. So another thing that I found is that once you start narrowing in on the type of clients that really resonate with you, that referrals start to pour in. It's just really cool to see how when you're in alignment with the type of people that you're supposed to be working with, how more just continue to be attracted to you. It's, it's, um, it's kind of a simple idea that, that if you're super focused on one group of people that you're going to look down the street who works on anyone. Yeah. Um, I, it makes, I go ahead. Well, it makes sense that people that have a specific issue when they come to find you, I mean, and they, and you're addressing this issue that they're not going to go with somebody who does everything. They're going to see that you specialize in this. And well, of course they're going to tell all their friends too. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. So I, I have an example. It's not from massage, but recently I received a haircut from a curly hair specialist. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm not really sure if she did any better job than anyone else who's cut my hair over the years, but it was so cool to go to her and, you know, it just, just, it made me want to keep going to her because I knew that she specialized in hair like mine and, and, you know, you do have it, some kinky it, hair. <laughs> yeah. It just changed my perspective a little, my kinky hair. <laughs> do you think she did a better job at all? Like maybe just a little bit? I mean, maybe a little bit, but it wasn't like anything hugely dramatically different, but it felt good going to her. And unfortunately, she doesn't live in the same town as me. If she lived in the same town as me, I'd totally go back to her for every haircut just because she specializes, but she doesn't. So, and then another, another thing that, you know, once you kind of get really focused with your efforts, you start to refer out and... this is another thing that I think in the beginning can be kind of scary to refer to other practitioners because you don't want to lose that business. But by referring out, you are showing the other practitioners in your community that you're, you're not wanting to take all the work and they'll be more willing to send people of your niche to you. I think that's kind of, you know, a lesson that's a little bit hard to learn, but but it'll help you gain trust in your community and it'll just help, help you a lot in building your practice. It helps in building community, which I mean, that's where some of your referrals will come from. Like you said, if you refer to somebody, they're likely to refer to you, which that's, that's more business for, for everybody. And it's within your specific niche. So you're more qualified. Right. Right. So smart. So so I kind of feel like Becca, I feel like you have, some examples of you know how you've really gotten some specific training around 
a certain niche. Yeah, so I'm a non-nicher, <laughs> if that's a thing. Okay. Uh, well, our, I, I feel like our massage program, they really, you know, they encouraged you to focus uh, your study. So going into massage, you know, the massage program, I wanted to do the sports and ortho field focus. Uh, I came from a sports background and I thought, well, that will just be easy. I know all these people and they have injuries and this, this is great. And I loved the, I loved the technical aspect of it. And then right out of massage, massage program, I like you, Allie, I tried everything. And I feel like this is really a great approach for those who aren't sure what direction they want to take their practice. Totally. For you know, that's probably a, a lot of us, like some of us go into uh, the program and we, we know, and we've already got a clientele base. Uh, there's a lot that, that go into it and they, they don't know. So uh, trying everything is really important, even if you have a focus of study in within your program. Uh, for me, there were a few other factors that really came into play when deciding my route or niche. And I like to say route because a niche can change. It doesn't, it can evolve. You're, you're not stuck there the whole time. Uh, and I feel like people can really, they can get a, a little bit of tunnel vision, like, oh my goodness, this is what I've chosen prenatal massage for the rest of my life. Ah, <laughs> what if I don't want to yeah. do that in 20 years? So it's a route and it's a route of specialization for a certain amount of, of time. And for me, uh, the factors were time, money, <laughs> and location. And as I've shared in my previous, in, in previous episodes, I started my career as a single parent with a seven-year-old daughter and I was financially responsible for everything. I, I did not have any financial help. So for me, money was a big factor, um, but location was a big factor. Being far away from my kiddo was huge. And then also time. I, I couldn't be working 24 seven, um, trying to, you know, retain all these clients and, you don't know it until you you do it. So I didn't really know that these were uh, such an important factor until, you know, I tried. I stepped into the medical field and uh, it just, it requires a lot of time and you don't get a lot of money uh, right off, right off the bat. So really finding out what those, what your factors are for, for your niche, what you can, what you can live with and what you can't live with. Um, so Continuing education also, I think, is a big part of all the fields. Any any form of niche, you need to specialize, specialize, specialize. Would you agree, Allie? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, we constantly need to be improving our skills. And, you know, there's, there's always new information coming out, too. And if we aren't yeah. staying up on that, then we become irrelevant pretty quickly, I believe. It's so true. Oh my goodness. It's so true. I get massaged on by, you know, people who are fresh out of school and I'm like, Ooh, I need to learn that trick. <laughs> totally. so, yeah. Uh, there's, there's lots of new information that continues to come out in this broadening, in this broadening field. So with that continuing education, uh, that, that costs money. It also will take you to a location and all those things, I needed to be really close. <laughs> I needed to be really, really inexpensive. So for me, I definitely did uh, choose to be in the spa world. It was close to where I was. Uh, continuing education was part of my employment, which was excellent. We did, I would say they it was actually like, 
They, yeah. they, they paid for you to do these continuing ed classes is what you're saying? So there are certain instances, and you can find this in different, not fields, but in different locations. So I did, I took a myofascial release workshop with someone from Washington State and their chiropractor, so the chiropractor's office that he was working in, paid for his ART certification, which is a $15,000 certification. So that's so awesome. I know it's amazing. And and that's not necessarily something you can bank on, but if you create a relationship with the people that you're working with, your community, you know, there there are opportunities for you to get that education inexpensively or, you know, possibly for free. So in the spa world, you will get continuing education through the spa. And then a lot of different employers will offer tuition reimbursement take advantage of this. So you can take, uh, I've taken many different continuing education classes where, uh, like the myofascial release class, um, I'm an esthetician and a yoga instructor as well. I just recently took a lash lift class and a uh, brow henna class, all covered. Uh, I paid out of pocket initially, and then the tuition was reimbursed. So niching, you know, I niched in the spa world and all my needs were met. I had plenty of time with my kiddo, the location was really close and I got my continuing education for free for the most part, which is great. Keeps you relevant. Do you feel like you came to appreciate more spa type work through getting all that continuing? Ed- I mean, since when you were in school, that wasn't really your focus. Do you feel like <clears throat> that having these opportunities helped you really kind of lean into it a little bit more and get more excited about it? Definitely, definitely. I got to see firsthand the benefits of really bringing the parasympathetic nervous system into play, which, you know, a lot of people look at the spa environment as luxury and the price tag definitely says a level of luxury, but it, it addresses all the senses. So you really are brought to this rest and restore state, which in, you know, certain other areas of massage and in life, that might not be the case. Like, a, I don't know about you, but a deep tissue massage, I'm not really put in a parasympathetic uh, state. <laughs> More fight or yeah. flight. Please help me breathe through it. But the other interesting part is, is that because of where uh, we live in Colorado, the spa world where I, where I was working, the location where I was working, attracted a lot of athletes. So, with my sports and ortho background, I had a lot, I had a, a high client retention and return rate because that, that was my, that was my specialty. So in any direction, like these, these, my clients found me and they'll, they'll find you as well. So definitely finding your niche, even if you decide not to go into private practice and you go into more of the spa world, <clears throat> your clients will find you and they'll keep coming back to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's really important because I think that, you know, sometimes we, we hesitate when we're first out because we're just so scared. We just want to make sure that we're able to pay the bills and stuff. And, you know, if we just trust the universe to bring us what we need at the same time as taking steps to improve ourselves in, in whatever direction we're headed, we will be supported. I 100% agree. I feel like if you're experiencing a lot of resistance from 
whatever area of your life when you're trying to move in a specific direction, that that might be guidance to explore a different direction. Um, the path of least resistance, really not, not laziness, but least resistance uh, is, is, you know, what, what's going to be more useful in your life. Yeah. But now I'm at a point where I'm, I'm changing my niche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you're so, definitely at a turning point in, in your career and, and your life in general right now. So yeah, lots of things are changing. And yeah, it was scary initially, but now it's now it's not so scary. It's just exciting. And I feel like you yeah. get to that point where if it's a little bit scary, you know that you're on the right track. Right, right. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we, we always need to be challenging ourselves or else, else we'll become stagnant. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like this podcast challenges me a little bit. <laughs> it challenges me a lot, Becca, a lot. <laughs> So kind of on the flip side of all that, I, I just want to give our listeners the permission to not niche. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's all the rage right now on a daily basis. I see Facebook ads, pins, courses, all dedicated to helping people find and target their ideal niche. And I just want to give you guys all permission that you don't necessarily have to succumb to that pressure. It's just, it's not for everyone. I think, I think some... Some examples of it maybe not for you is if you're new to the massage industry and you're just trying to figure it out. I think that sometimes if you live in a small town, that it can be hard to narrow your focus in a, in a really concise way. I mean, I think you could still have maybe like a broader niche, but to narrow it so much in a small town could be really hard. And then if, if you like variety, you know, I mentioned earlier that I really like prenatal massage, but it's not like that's the only type of massage I do. I, I, I have a lot of little micro niches and I do like that variety. I, I would get so bored doing the same type of massage on the same type of client every single day. And so I think it's okay to experiment with different markets and different modalities and and you just, you don't have to jump on the bandwagon now or ever. I, I, I just think that it's really important that you guys recognize that, that, you know, if it, if it doesn't resonate with you and it, it doesn't feel like it's in alignment with your goals and um, your interests, you know, tailor your practice to what works for you. Maybe you try it for a little bit and it, it doesn't work, or maybe you just never want to go there. Give yourself that permission. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like niching is really important or more so important when you are really deciding to be involved in social media and online, have a really strong online presence. And that that's not necessarily the case for everyone. You can like, I feel like you can create a really strong private practice that is word of mouth in your local community and you, you know, really bare bones technology when you can provide for your community in the way that you do. And it doesn't have to be this like really heavy kind of nerve wracking niching concept. What do you think, Allie? I, I still firmly believe that word of mouth is the number one way to gain clientele. And, Agreed. you know, I, I agree. And I think that when you can get in front of people and you can share with them your personality and just everything that's wonderful about what makes you you, 
that that you'll that you'll find clients resonate with you and and I, I agree that I think that some of that really focused efforts that they do come into play more when you're when you're online and you know in front of people that don't necessarily know you on a or haven't met you on a on a actual face-to-face basis yeah and I there's actually an example from one of our instructors that just like just dawned on me but his location dictated his niche so he had a specific modality that he got out of uh, massage school with and where he lived in town there was a high concentration of a certain population it wasn't necessarily his modality but those were the people that were walking into his door and then he redirected his niche because well his demographic dictated his niche so yeah that can also be you know kind of where what you have to look at what will dictate yeah. it yeah don't get mm. so set I, I think when I was in school I was like convinced that I wanted to work on athletes mm-hmm. and I you know all of the little extra classes that we had I would take would be kind of surrounding that and then when I got out into the field I realized that I really didn't like schlepping my table to all these (laughs) racing events and trying to to work on athletes that had just finished a race and they were all sweaty and they didn't ever have tips with them because they were still in their running shorts and they kind of like there was a little bit of like a sense of entitlement to to getting the massage because it was like oh well I just ran a marathon of course I deserve a, a massage and I I I was so in school I was so set that that was who I wanted to work on and I think you know just allowing yourself you know like our teacher that you're talking about Becca and myself when I was so set on that just allowing yourself the freedom to change is is hugely freeing to your happiness and just being successful. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's a, a totally appropriate to like interview your niches before you even commit to one, if you ever do. But, you know, oh, small, love- small niche projects, right? <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, you to kind of help get- you. Yeah. Yeah, get out there and, you know, like really do some focus work like like I did with the you know setting up tents at the different events the different sporting events like you could do that for for all sorts of niches and really see if you resonated yeah you have to like the work you have to like the nitty-gritty and if that's not for you well then move on to the next you know area that inspires you and the people you have to like the people you do you know some some populations may be harder for you to communicate effectively with and figuring that out is important so Becca any any last thoughts on on niching oh niching or niching I say niche (laughs) but if you call it niche I think that that's 100% okay (laughs) we won't judge (laughs) go ahead I always say niche, but in this episode, I heard myself say niche, and I think it's because we were talking about it earlier on. <laughs> you did. I, I did. That, that I was did. pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that we all, we all niche. Uh, we really do. You know, we kind of find an area that inspires us for a minute, and then we follow that for a little while. And this just 
is taking it a step further and really honing in and focusing your marketing. And that's what that's what niching is is really all about. When you focus and hone in your marketing, you're focusing and honing in your skills, your continuing education, where your dollars, where your time goes. You don't have to do it, though. And, you know, maybe find some of those opportunities, like Becca was saying, too, that she found in the spa industry where your employer actually helps you kind of hone and getting some of that continuing ed that'll help you really to be a better practitioner for a specific niche. Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, we wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.